0: Welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Home Efficiency.
1: Hello, clean tech enthusiasts. My name is Scott Cooney, and my company has done energy and water efficiency retrofits for more than 13,000 homes and small businesses, saving our customers more than $3 million a year on their electric and water bills, while also reducing more than 11 million pounds of carbon pollution per year. Would you like to start offering this type of service in your community, do it for a living, make money? You can. Check out homeefficiency.com for more info. We do flat fee consulting to help you get started with our model, training you, giving the inventory, tools, software, and support you'll need. No royalties, no hidden fees, no sneaky add-ons. You can just get started. Ready to work with your hands and make a difference every day? Do it. Go to HomeEfficiency.com. Check out. All right, we're here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I'm Zach Shahan, CEO and Director of Clean Technica. And with us today is Bill Lowenthal, Senior Vice President of Product at ChargePoint. Definitely an honor and privilege to have him on with us. ChargePoint is clearly a, a market leader in EV charging, has been for a long time. We did get to visit your headquarters two years ago and learned a lot about uh, the development there, the the production, evolution of charging stations. It was really a lot of fun, very exciting. But we'll get an overview from you today about where you are right now with your products, your business model, and some broader topics. But to start off, Bill, could you just give us a little bit of background on who you are and how you came to this this job in this field?
2: Yeah, so thanks for being here. It is an honor and privilege to talk with you. Uh, I'm Bill Lowenthal. I lead the product organization at ChargePoint. And uh, that includes everything from how we enable drivers to how we enable site hosts and fleets to go electric. And we'll talk more about ChargePoint as we go through this. My background is a combination of businesses that are serve technology leadership roles and businesses that serve consumers, as well as businesses particularly in big transitions. So I've been involved in the technology space for you know 20 plus years. And it's been about how to bring new capabilities that kind of unlock and become indispensable solutions in people's daily lives. And that was what was so attractive about ChargePoint is uh, we're working on a really big problem. We're working on a problem that we all face in terms of, the, of climate change, air quality, the movement of shifting people's mode of, of daily movement to electric transportation is the mission of ChargePoint, and so this was a really super exciting role to impact the way we all move and the way businesses move goods and services. And so, this kind of a, a really wonderful opportunity to join. I joined ChargePoint several years ago, and you know, this is it's just an exciting space globally. And what's so also interesting is the intersection with so many different industries, from utilities to Obviously, transportation and auto companies, but real estate, workplaces, and retailers that want to attract and retain consumers and uh, employees, and the role electric vehicle charging plays in all of that is very transformative. So, super exciting space.
1: Yeah, so many technology changes are just sort of a change of product, you know, change of technology, but not a change of the source. And you know, with transportation, that I think the, one of the fun things about this EV revolution is that we're changing the source of energy for transport, which is enormous. So it's a pretty wild time with so many, you know, different evolutions that have to occur within that <laughs> to to get to the end end goal. So can you speak a little bit about what ChargePoint is offering today? And I want to get us to a specific matter of how you how you all monetize and and maintain your stations because that's sort of a Somewhat complicated topic that comes up from time to time. Different people ask about, but in general, what what is your offering right now? What do you what are you offering at uh, the market?
2: Yeah, super. And, and I do think kind of unbundling how the charging industry works is probably helpful. You have a very educated viewer and readership and listener base, but it's it's a myth and confusing to a lot of folks. So it is useful to deconstruct. So ChargePoint is a solution provider for a complete experience, enabling drivers and businesses to go electric. We offer a series of capabilities to site hosts, as well as a free charging app to drivers. You can go into the Android Apple uh, App Store as well as Apple Store and find the ChargePoint app. And as a consumer, you have then an app on your own that allows you to let, locate and access charging stations at different environments. The uh, solution that we provide to site hosts is a combination of, we have a, a broad array of charging stations they could use for their particular application, but a cloud service, and this is really important, a cloud service that governs access control. Do they want their station published in the mobile app I describes for drivers to find? In some cases, they, it's not appropriate, but access control, who can access that station? Are there different privileges based on different driver groups? What's the pricing policy? for different types of driver groups. And then there's other aspects about station management, monitoring, reporting, uh, energy management, some other capabilities. When we look at the marketplace, every parking lot ultimately needs to go electric. And the kind of segments that we focus on enabling, uh, we look at our business in several segments. There's a commercial segment that includes workplace. It includes Parking operators and retailers and hospitality chains and and uh, think of restaurants and dining environments and they all have different reasons that they want to offer charging to their constituents. Some may want it as part of their sustainability goals and enablement of their employee workforce. And their goals are different than say a retailer or a dining operator or hospitality chain that wants to attract and retain a consumer who then spends more time and money with their establishment. So our business is constructed to serve the goals of the site host and the price, we don't set the price of the charging station. That is that we don't make money based on utilization, the sales of letter usage of electricity. That is all the goals of the site host. We're providing a set of tools for the side host to enable their business model. So in a retailer example, it might be a loyalty program integration. In a workplace, it is a special access code that provides employees a free charging session potentially, but if that same station available to the general public could be on on a paid basis. And increasingly, as the world goes electric, there's a very mixed use behavior to the charging stations that are deployed around the globe. During the day, it could be for employees. At night, it could be for residents of a particular mixed-use facility uh, or for the vehicles for particular employers, like their fleet vehicles. And that is another critical dimension for ChargePoint is the transformation to fleet. And it's quite an interesting topic in terms of the uh, environmental impact that that brings to the world. And then the last segment, so we mentioned commercial, there's fleet fleets basically the movement of people or packages, if you will, and services. And then there is residential and we're enabling multifamily operators to go electric uh, as well as single, fam- single family home owners, as well as condos and, and other kind of townhomes and environments like that. And so and all of them have unique dynamics and a u- unique enablement they need to support their business goals. Like a workplace, a multifamily property wants to attract and retain tenants and charging is essential capability that those drivers need to get their kids to school or get to work in the morning or what have you. And so increasingly what has in the past has been an amenity and a little bit of a, we did this because we could. Now they're, we're doing this because we should and because we must. And I think that's a very interesting inflection point as you know this next decade, versus the last decade, and ChargePoint's been doing this, if your viewers don't realize this, since you know, over the last 13 years. 13 years ago, this company started before there was vehicles because they saw the need for electric charging and they saw the need for the ability to control the ch- chargers with, the, with a cloud interface governing access and pricing and energy management and ma- managing the, compl- the complexity of this in a simple way for SiteHost to scale. And scale's a big factor here that we're going to be facing over the next decade.
1: Yeah. So just to clarify on a couple of things. So if so if if a station owner decides they do want to charge mm-hmm. for using the station, you don't get any cut of that charge point. That's not at all how you are that's making not, that's money.
2: That's not our that's not our business model. We our business model is we're a technology enabler for the site host. They pay a recurring subscription fee for the cloud service that administrates that station and then affects their pricing policy or other uh, capabilities I mentioned before. We also sell the station either on a capital capitalized basis where they pay a one-time fee. Increasingly, what's very interesting, and we, you know we're obsessive about the driver experience and the consistency and hygiene of our network. So we, several years ago, introduced a capability called ChargePoint as a service. So site hosts could acquire a station, the cloud services I described. And then we also offer a support and monitoring and proactive maintenance plan that tracks all these stations. And if there's an issue, we deploy a truck and fix these stations. And increasingly more and more of our network is covered under that plan. And that's what comes with ChargePoint as a service. So the experience from a driver, the consistency, hygiene, accurate pinpointing, knowing if it's in a parking lot behind a paid gate, all that attribute is super important to create a great consistent experience. And we, you know, painstakingly every day are trying to make that a better experience, you know, for all the drivers across the board.
1: Yeah, so just to, to make sure this is understood. So, so you can sell stations, just people buy a station, that's it, that's the end of the relationship? No, no, or no. Or you can, so, you, so cannot, you cannot sell a station without coming with the software? Correct,
2: yeah, okay. so, yeah, so, uh, the cloud plane is the core of what we're doing. That's what's managing the experience inside of the, the, uh, the app for drivers to locate those stations. It's how we're monitoring the health of the station, if you will. We don't so set every- the, pr- so to clarify in the yeah. business model, we don't set the price of the kilowatt yep. hour that's up to the site host. So they set the policies on access and pricing. We're monitoring on their behalf if they've paid us to do that. And then if they are collecting fees, we do administrate the movement of money and take a processing fee to do so, mm-hmm. but it's not the core uh, of the business model. The core of the business model is right. it's a race of, for ports, and that's just uh, a pro- that's and it's just monetizing a- ports. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's just a process. So, so every station out there, charge point station out there, if it's live, it's they uh, they are either paying for the cloud service or for the full software uh, SaaS SaaS service. So, charging as a, as a
2: service, which is above and beyond the base cloud service. It's an alternative to the base cloud service. So they've bought a station either on on either business model. They all have a cloud service and a subset of them have our ongoing maintenance and monitoring services. And increasingly more more customers want that every day because it removes the headache for them. Right. And And they know it's it's an essential experience for their drivers. Right. They don't, the, the rate of change in the parking lots of electric vehicles arriving is dramatically increased for the last several years. But think of the next five years, yeah. the rate of change is gonna be <laughs> yeah. insane because of all the exciting vehicles coming.
1: Yeah, so that's a small portion as of now because it's it's a newer offering and many stations mm-hmm. out there where uh, they, they either would have to upgrade to that or, or, you know. So you can't give a percentage though let on me, how that's me, split out, me, right?
2: Yeah, I cannot, but let me clarify. Uh, Charge One is a Service is a new offering, so there's some stations under that plan but the assure capability we've offered for a long time. And and the majority of the stations on the network offer that are covered under that capability. And so if you encounter a station that's not uh, operational for some reason, unfortunately when you're driving, that matters to you because that's the one you arrived at, (laughs) but that's really a a really small percentage of the overall network. We we work actively with site hosts to make sure that their stations are operational. A majority of them are proactively resolved before even the site host knows there's an issue. But on the other side of it, as a driver, I know in the the app itself, the status of the station, if one's, you know, down for service, that's indicated in the the mobile app to the driver.
1: Yeah. So I just a little bit of background here. We lived for almost three years with EVs in Florida and no no home charging. That was initially nine months with a BMW i3 Rex. So it had the range extender, but it's 2015 model, so 70 miles of electric range, 60 gas Backup if you needed it. And I think we spent $5.12 on gas in nine months. Uh, And that was probably mostly just because every few months it had to refresh itself and run automatically. But uh, so we basically charged the whole time. And at that time, I mean, basically close to 100% of our charging was on charge point stations because. They're all over this area. We're in Southwest Florida. Now we're south of Tampa. And they have them at Whole Foods, at the mall, at parks. This was pre COVID. So you could go to the coffee shop for an hour and work and hang out and charge uh, the beach. So they're all over this area. And they're entirely free in this region. We're not in California, where I think the pricing is more common, probably. So people, you know, all these. Either the city or different shopping centers they offer or or stores they offer them Mm -hmm. as a as an attraction and amenity. Some of them, like one at a park, is out of service now. We used to use it, and it just doesn't work anymore. I assume the city just decided to; they didn't want to keep paying for in that location. I'm not sure, but maybe you can comment on how that would happen or or not. I don't know. Others, you know, sometimes break, and sometimes it takes a long time to repair. Is that basically the owner of the, of the station? Is, is it on them then, if they don't have that charging as a service model, is it then on them to order the maintenance and just they might take a long time to have that done? Or is there a matter of high demand, low supply in some regions where it could just take a long time to get the qualified electrician to come in? I don't the know station? the
2: specific example of the stations that you faced. Uh, we worked actively with site hosts to make sure that if they have a downstation, there's there's resources for them to resolve that. There's services available through ChargePoint for that. Some, some of them self-maintain. So there could be a variety of factors of why uh, you had a poor experience there. The majority of the network, you know, we monitor this. It's very important for A, the industry, uh, B, our driver experience. And we're continually rated a, a great experience across the network. So- those are elements. I think also in the last you know, half decade, there were a lot of different folks that got started with charging opportunistically. And, and what we're going to see in the next decade, it's essential in their relationship with their constituents. So this is becoming like water and Wi-Fi. If your water fountains out, the facility manager starts to care and will fix that. And so I do think there is a increasing recognition of the criticality for serving their customers or users of of whoever their constituency might be. And I think going forward, the mindset's going to be different and and the awareness and criticality will be prioritized in a different way than it may have been in the past. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's an interesting comment. Interesting way of phrasing the issue is that some of the early, early adopters might have seen limited use and benefit, even though they jumped on early, and then might be slower to maintain. But I'm, I guess I'm just trying to get clear on, looks sounds like there's different models. A site owner might take care of maintenance themselves. They might Correct. call you, and I assume in different regions there's different, it takes different periods of time to get a qualified person to
2: to service a station if it's out or? I don't know to be widely different across the region. There's a lot of great qualified partners that we work with. Every situation could be a little bit different in terms of how people received funding that could have been through a grant program and now there's no more funds for them. And so some of these things could be budget related issues for an individual organization. Going forward, I think people are recognizing they need to model this differently to ensure a good experience for everybody. And it's in everybody's sustainability goals. So. Again we're trying to enable a solution uh, we are enabling a solution that's aligned to the business goals of the host and increasingly as more and more of their constituents arrive in electric vehicles this is an important issue for them And whether they purchase this as charging a charge point as a service or if they've acquired a station and acquire uh, or purchase our assure and we've actually offered a new offering now called Assure Pro which actually puts spares on site. For mission critical customers, think of Hmm. fueling stations and fleets where we're in, you know, if they can't deliver people or packages, they have an extreme problem. And so we've invested a lot over the last couple of years in proactive diagnostics, the ability to have parts very close by where stations need to be or on site for large deployments so that these uptime measurements, you know, exceed what consumers expect. And and that's what's really important here. The transition... This next decade is super exciting. The transition of fleets to electric is transformative. And uh, it's going to be a challenge too, but everything from electric garbage trucks to city buses to delivery vehicles are going electric. And so a lot of fleet operators now are going through this transition. We're helping them through that involved in many, many exciting projects. And... Uh, we've put a lot of capabilities around diagnostics uptime, enhanced service both in Euro- Europe and North America and that whole part supply chain so that yesterday's experience is going to be way different than tomorrow's experience. And I
1: should have disclosed uh, I guess at the beginning I am a charge point shareholder I am I, <laughs> bullish about your future, your role in the industry and that came to mind because I was thinking well I hope hope you're I hope you're not going to forget about the small retail guys as you're expanding rapidly the fleet services, but uh, but I'm sure you're trying to serve everyone as, as much as you can and scale up as quickly as possible for that. So, yeah, just going back to that topic for a moment that you were touching on. I did, I spoke with a city manager who's in charge of the charge point stations around the city, not at the shopping centers and stuff, but at the mm-hmm. city properties, um, municipal properties last year. And he pointed out that they were on the verge of starting to charge a few years ago to not make it free anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they saw usage drop. And I am pretty positive from the conversation that this aligned with the, the scale up the production ramp of the model three. And I assume what happened is that a lot of early Nissan Leaf BMW i3 owners switched to model threes and no longer felt a need for public charging as much. They just plug you know, you just plug in at home, you unplug when you leave and that's all you really have to do most of the time. So then they're not having to get extra charge at the store or the beach or whatever. But I, but you know, the, the market has been growing very fast in this area and I've, and I've seen, you know, community, apartment community managers start asking about it who never were interested before because you see a few Teslas on every corner, mostly Model Y, Model 3. You also see some Audi e-trons, harder to, to spot because they're, you know, they blend in or Porsche Taycans or whatever. But it, the market is changing quickly and I th- people who are not early adopters are coming into it. So do you see with that kind of shift in the market do you see a much stronger demand for hey can you just give us a full service package so we don't have to do anything can you know, we need this but we don't want to maintain it or manage it or do anything can you just give us everything that the charging as a service that you mentioned or is it still at a sort of early stage where you have early adopters who are curious who learn a lot who are you know have different preferences for what role they have in the management of the stations?
2: Uh, I I think we actually see both conditions. I think if someone has operated charging stations in their territory or in their business before, now they understand why we offer these other set of capabilities where firsthand, oh, I'll just deal with it myself. And I think also, Managing one station for a small set of drivers versus many stations for many drivers, especially if they are a mixed environment of your customer arriving at your facility versus your workers versus your, your own company vehicles, it's much more embedded in your operations. So it, it, it's a changing set of requirements that they have for what their next purchase will be versus their past. They've learned. And so, so everyone's going through, through a I, I think, an adoption curve here. As is consumers as you've mentioned so we're in a very exciting moment where you know uh, the number of vehicles arriving in the next six months to a year you know every major o- M- OEM now of all kinds of configurations if you'd like a pickup truck or a sporty car or an SUV you know there's a choice for you and so I do think the oftentimes what's, what's happened is the facility manager was not an EV driver mm-hmm Right. (laughs) And so they didn't understand the essential nature of it. Many more of them will be, or know someone who is, I think the other important aspect in this transition, and, and I think your, your platform is a very important one is unless you've driven an EV, you do not understand the fueling model.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that is most of the world thinks I'm going to drive to fuel And I'm going to top off from a 0% battery and how fast does that happen? Whereas if you've driven an EV, you realize it's a lot more like my cell phone. I fuel while parked Mm -hmm. and I'm only replacing the fuel dispensed to get from point A to point B. So I'm in a top off environment and I'm onboarding 80% of my fuel at home and at work. And so a big emphasis for ChargePoint is enabling that home and work fueling model. And then of course, opportunistically, if I'm out for dinner and they offer charging that behooves the dining operator because maybe I'll spend a few more minutes there and buy dessert because I'll be able to top off my battery further if I wish. And that fueling model of fueling while parked is not well understood beyond probably the folks that are regular readers of your platform. Yeah, and, and so as much as
1: I, as much as we try to be helpful in educating people we know right. it comes down to you got to drive it to you got to experience it to learn it and it's like you know we we try very hard to educate but at the same time like you
2: said you have to go through it sort of in in real life yeah yeah so that's true for both the facility operators as well as the drivers right and so and so i think this next set of stage of the is quite interesting i think the other thing that's important to distinguish for your audience is, we're operating this uh, enablement solution for side hosts and it's putting the tools in their, in their, in their hands to price and, and make available and scale their stations where they see them best deployed. There are other partners we have in the market like EVgo whom operate a charging network, uh, procure the stations, and their business model is different. They're they're spending capital to find locations, play stations, and they're they're monetizing the electrons dispensed. And so it's a different operating model and it requires a lot of capital to scale that. It's a different, it's a different approach to the market. Both are needed. And so your charge point credentials, if you're a driver, will work on the EVgo station, by the way, and vice versa. So we're working together to make sure drivers, wherever they are, can have a good, consistent experience at the rate of charge they need for their particular situation. So when you go from the beach to, to the city or to the mountains, uh, depending on what city you live in, you can charge along the way. And charge points deployed. And I think what's exciting in the last couple of years to get caught up on us, we're off in a a range of stations appropriate to the deployment model. So for example, you mentioned multifamily. We have solutions that are appropriate for multifamily in terms of the kind of hardware used and specific cloud plans and things like that, but also for fleet. Then there's a the public charging station that many people are familiar with that's used in a variety of use cases. You'll probably the see one, our- dec- The one behind you and me in the pictures, right? Precisely. The, yeah. we The yeah. level two- Correct. And then we have a DC charging station and wide deployment from Florida to California and everywhere in between uh, called the CP250, which is 62 and a half kilowatts per station that when you pair them delivers you know 120 plus kilowatts. And so that is a very exciting deployment. You've seen many of those around the country and many of those on corridors so that You know, drivers know when they go to that mountain for the weekend, there's a great experience there. So across Colorado to California to the East Coast, you'll see charge point stations along a network and you you can use your credentials there as well as EVgo, like I mentioned, and other networks that are out there.
0: Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix.